Welcome to the Travel Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Aileen Blanco. I interview successful industry professionals and share my personal journey to becoming a travel agent. The show is for aspiring travel agents and travel professionals at every level. My mission is to uncover the universal keys to thrive in this business. Join me as I take a closer look into the life of a travel agent. Hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Travel Agent Podcast. If you are not already in the Travel Agent, building a thriving travel business Facebook group, you gotta join, you gotta join us. Um, Due to all of this COVID-19 stuff and just um, being together in solidarity, I am having several guests come into the group and talk about their different expertise. And today, um, the episode is a live Facebook live um, that we did on Tuesday about COVID-19 and the legal implications. I cannot talk. So um, listen up. And uh, I hope, you know, I hope that you're doing okay. And that this information and the guests that I'm bringing in are truly helpful in dealing with the anxiety and emotions and everything that's going along with uh, this pandemic. So um, we are totally in this together. And if you have any suggestions or different areas that you feel might be helpful to work on your business right now, uh, while we're in a little bit of a slow time, please feel free to send me um, a message on Facebook. You can email me at info at the travel agent podcast.com. Um, I love getting feedback from you guys and really helping in any way that I can. So uh, without further ado, Here's Tom. Again, as I said, I'm not intending to provide specific legal advice. This is for informational purposes only. Um, this podcast doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. Uh, outcomes are not guaranteed. Uh, but um, Lynn invited me to participate in the uh, in the, uh, the the webcast today to um, talk a little bit about some of the uh, implications of the COVID-19 pandemic that we're dealing with right now um, and some of the legal implications. So I guess I should probably start off by saying, I I know this is a a hugely difficult time for everybody in the industry. And first and foremost, I just hope that everyone is um, staying safe and uh, that you're all well and um, taking care of yourselves because um, it's, it's, I know it's, I know it's difficult. So, so we'll start with that. So I've, I've been talking to a lot of travel advisors in my network about COVID-19 and I, you know, I think the, the baseline for all of this is that um, tra- the travel industry is a, a high risk industry for all of us who are travel advisors. Um, for tour operators, for cruise lines, for everybody who's involved in the industry. Uh, and if you've ever tried to get a merchant credit card account, you'll know this too, that um, we, we are classified as, as high risk, high risk for fraud, high risk for lawsuits, frivolous and otherwise. And so the, uh, you know, whenever I'm talking to one of my law clients about uh, issues related to their terms and conditions policies, their um, website privacy policies, all of those sorts of things. The, the, the baseline from where I approach it is we're trying to avoid legal risk. And you know, early on in 
the uh, COVID-19 uh, epidemic, one of the first questions that um, I was fielding a lot in my travel business was, well, is it safe to travel? And um, right now, I don't think anybody's asking whether it's safe to travel because nobody can travel. But as we come to the other side of the travel um, or of the COVID-19 crisis, and we know we'll get there eventually, we don't know when though. And so I think we're going to start getting questions for people from people. And I, I know that um, a couple of advisors in my network, uh, in my host agency have, have said that um, they're already starting to hear from people, well, is it going to be safe to travel in 2021? When is it going to be safe? And um, in order to avoid legal risk, one of my first um, pieces of advice is that I don't answer that question. And my suggestion would be that if you're answering the question and giving a hard and fast answer about, well, it's going to be safe to travel here, it's going to be safe to travel there, um, you're kind of setting yourself up because none of us, well, I mean, maybe you are, but I'm not um, a medical professional. Um, there's not uh, there's not a lot of agreement in the media and on TV about um, where this pandemic is going to go, how long it's going to last. And so I think the best thing you can do as a travel advisor is to really direct those questions to objective sources of information rather than giving an answer. Because if you give an answer, that potentially puts you in legal jeopardy to the extent that if you give the wrong answer or you just have information that's um, outdated or the client misunderstands, um, you're potentially putting yourself in a position where somebody could come after you um, because you gave them advice uh, and they invested money in a trip that never happened. Uh, they um, put themselves, at their personal safety at risk. So I would just say, you know, it's, it's a good idea to avoid that question. Give the non-answer answer, saying everybody has a different tolerance for risk. Uh, direct them to go to an impartial, objective source of information. Um, so, and some of those sources of information could be, for example, the World Health Organization, the Center for Disease Control, um, the U.S. State Department certainly has travel advisories that are out there. Um, ASTA and CLIA um, have ter terrific resources, especially if you're not a member of ASTA. I, um, I just think that my membership in ASTA for my travel business is just so valuable and they've got so many fantastic resources. So one of the, one of the other things that, um, that uh, you know, talking about answering the question about whether it's safe to travel, um, if you have a terms and conditions document um, for your travel business, and I, I recommend a terms and conditions document for everybody who has a travel a business. Uh, obviously, if you're a travel advisor or a travel agent, you are not the provider of the travel services. You're not a tour operator. But um, certainly the suppliers that you use and you, that you use to book your clients with, they're going to have their own terms and conditions. But it's not a bad idea. And in fact, I think it's a really good idea for um, a travel advisor to have their own terms and conditions of booking. Um, because that document can really protect your business. It can protect you from liability. Um, and in that, uh, when I draft those for clients, what I generally do is I put a, a provision in there that um, says that by booking travel with my agency, uh, the client is acknowledging that there are inherent risks in travel, um, even on the, the, in the best of times, um, and uh, that the client understands that. 
um, when we talk about providing uh, objective and neutral sources of information. I put that in my travel um, uh, booking terms and conditions. Um, give them information about um, the State Department advisories, information about uh, the World Health Organization, Center for Disease Control, um, the STEP program, if you're familiar with that. Uh, and so that way, if something does go sideways with your client's trip and they decide to sue you, um, you can point to that terms and conditions document and say, no, they, they actually, uh, I advised them that there were risks in travel, um, that I was not responsible for those risks, and I pointed them to where they could get information so that they could make that decision for themselves. Um, that is great information. Um, yeah. We have talked about like the terms and conditions, and you know, um, when we actually book travel, there's terms and conditions with the uh, tour operator, but it, that's something that I haven't necessarily done in my business either. Um, so that is great, great advice. Right. And, and, you know, it goes beyond that, too. I mean, we're talking about COVID-19 right now. But, um, but keep in mind, anything that, anything that happens when your client's traveling that could be the basis for a frivolous lawsuit, I mean, it doesn't have to be something that you're responsible for. Um, and, you know, a reasonable person might think, well, of course, if I slip and fall uh, in Austria, um, while I'm on a package tour by that's operated by this tour operator, you know, suing the travel agent back in the United States because I slipped and fell might seem like it's a, a silly thing to do or a frivolous thing to do. And yet that sort of thing happens. And when it does happen, um, having some sort of uh, uh, policy that your clients agreed to um, can really protect your business. From, from those frivolous lawsuits. Doesn't mean you're not gonna get sued, but it just means that the lawsuit might go away a lot faster. And the reason, um, so in my, in my legal career, I've worked as the general counsel, as the chief legal officer for a couple of different large um, entertainment industry uh, labor unions. And one of the questions that we would get all the time when the, the board of those organizations was making a decision about something, they would ask, well, you know, what's, what's the risk? Are we gonna get sued if we do this? And my answer always to that is, well, you can get sued for anything. It, being, being sued by somebody doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It just means that somebody decided to file a lawsuit. And so the real question is, um, do you have your policies in place and do you have your, your workflow and your operating procedures um, uh, tightened up so that you're conducting business in a way that minimizes the risk that somebody's going to file that lawsuit against you, and secondly, helps you defend that lawsuit in the unfortunate event that somebody actually decides to file it. Because even if it's frivolous, it doesn't mean you're not going to have to spend time and money to make it go away. So, you are absolutely right, um, and it's. I'm so glad I met you because, um, like a <laughs> I'm lot, I'm glad of I met you too. <laughs> Like a lot of travel agents, you know, we come into the business and, um, you know, there's so much information. It's just information overload and you mm -hmm. want to do everything right. And some things just fall through the cracks. Yeah. And, um, and I can be honest in my business, this is one of them. Um, I knew that I needed to do it and I looked at several and it just seemed really overwhelming. 
Yeah, and, and it can be. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, there are some great resources out there. There are some uh, free terms and conditions documents that you can download. I know there are some uh, attorneys who put those up on their websites. Um, one thing I would just say is if you're going to do that um, and you're going to use one of those um, one of those templates or one of those draft documents, just read it really, really carefully. Because some of sometimes when when people put those sample documents up on the internet, they put intentional typos in there, um, uh, just so that they can kind of do a search to track who's using it and things like that. Um, I don't I don't put my my draft ones up there for for people to to use, not because I don't want to share that information um, but more because I, I have a pretty strong view that every business is different and and it really does make sense to have a, a document that's crafted f for the way that you do business and just one example for that is I've, I've got a, a colleague of mine who's runs an agency and he routinely checks his clients in for their cruises and um, not something that I do I'm not comfortable doing that but you know when you check a client in for a cruise you're agreeing to a whole bunch of things that the cruise line asks them to acknowledge on their behalf. And so you need to have something in your terms and conditions document that, um, that acknowledges those types of things. So something that he pulls down off the internet that's cookie cutter is not going to really protect him the way he needs to be protected. So again, I always say this is a great time while everything's a little bit slow is to really dig through your business, find the gaps, and get it taken care of now because um, right. when everything opens back up whenever that is it's going to be a flood <laughs> yeah and you want to make sure at least right now that you are cya and everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um you know another another area in terms of that you know is the is supplier policies and familiarizing yourself with supplier policies it's really really important that you know right now um, a lot of us are are you know canceling canceling clients' travels, um, answering questions about what the airline's going to do, what the cruise line's going to do, um, and it's really really important that um, you don't guess because if you guess and you guess wrong, that's another area where you could be opening yourself up to liability. I think it's always a good um, a good thing to build it into your workflow that you're sending copies of the suppliers terms and conditions to the client in addition to your own terms and conditions document. Um, if you, uh, uh, if, um, and then the other thing that I tell people a lot is if a supplier is making an exception to a policy, and certainly that's happening a lot right now, certainly um, cruise lines, tour operators, they're all offering, you know, very flexible policy, flexible exceptions to their policies very generous um, uh, credits, future cr travel credits. Um, and uh, I think you wanna make sure that the client knows that that's an exception to the policy, not something that they're doing on their own because the, um, especially if you've got an ongoing relationship with the client, you don't want your client um, to expect the next time they book a trip with you, if we're not in the middle of COVID-19, um, that, oh, well, I can just cancel up to 48 hours in advance and I'm going to get 125% of my value in a future travel credit um, because that's not the way it works. We all know that. Um, but um, but when, you're, uh, when you're talking to your clients, if it's an exception to the policy and you're taking advantage of that, make sure that they understand that. Um, 
In terms of supplier deadlines, that's another thing that I think is really important. Uh, if you've got uh, group space, um, I, I had this happen to me in my, uh, in my uh, travel business. I've got a, a block of rooms for a, a client's wedding. Um, and I'm managing the the block of rooms with the hotel for a group for a group, and um, they were coming up against a, a cancellation deadline where the penalties were going to jump from 25% to 75% uh, if they needed to cancel. Their wedding's still three months out, but um, the the bride and groom had to had to really look at that and decide what did they want to do. Do they want to pull the trigger on canceling? Now, um, when the penalty is only 25%, do they want to um, uh, take the chances that things are going to be better in June when they're hoping to get married? Or do they want to um, try to negotiate with the hotel to waive that penalty uh, and, and push their, in, in exchange for postponing their wedding rather than canceling? Um, so just be really careful about those payment deadlines. Um, be careful, especially with groups. Um, be careful about your release space for groups. Pay attention to those release dates, um, and uh, and if you if you do screw something up, you're going to have to really make the cost benefit analysis to figure out whether or not um, you're going to want to file a claim with your E and O insurance or just eat the penalty because you you made the mistake in order to keep the business. That's a that's a question that people are going to have to answer for themselves. Um, maybe you're okay. Um, paying a couple hundred bucks to, to fix an error because you missed the, the deadline. Um, maybe it's not worth it to file an E&O claim, but maybe you're gonna have to, and then you're gonna have to think about what that means. But, but really, um, it's really, really important to pay attention to those payment deadlines and pay attention to the release space for the groups because um, you've got contractual relationships there. Um, even if it's, it's really fluid for you uh, and you really, kind of know how those things work and it's all secondhand, we're not operating in the usual um, uh, environment. And so uh, it, it's, it's really easy when you've got a lot of things going on and you're under a lot of stress. Simple human error happens. Don't beat yourself up about it, but, but um, do take the time to make sure that you're paying attention to those, those dates because those are contractual relationships. And if the hotel or the cruise line decides to hold you to a financial obligation, um, because it's in the contract, they, um, you know, they, they may well decide to do that. So, okay. So next question. Um, what I'm not seeing from the tour operators is if the client has not paid final payment because it's not due. Um, so those things, I think, uh, you know, obviously every supplier's Situ uh, terms and conditions are going to be different. Um, I can tell you that I've had, uh, I had a, a large tour operator that um, clients didn't want to make final payment because they were pretty sure they were going to have to postpone. They didn't have new dates um, and they had a great policy in place, but the policy didn't let them postpone making their final payment. And so I had to call the supplier and just talk it through with them and another supplier where they let my clients pick a dummy date um, a year out. Um, which pushed back the final payment. Um, and so, you know, different suppliers are going to handle that different ways. And I think um, you're going to have to probably sit on hold, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, but if you're, you're having trouble, you know, just look very carefully and read those supplier policies. 
Um, some some suppliers are better at putting those into to English. I'm not a big fan of legalese. I don't think that it helps anybody to have a, a document that nobody can understand. Um, but um, uh, but I don't draft policies for everybody in the industry. So uh, so uh, so you might run up against a a little bit of difficulty there. Um, uh, how would we leverage a refund of a deposit if the resorts are closed? So there's um, so most terms and conditions, most suppliers' terms and conditions documents are going to have a policy uh, a provision in there that's called um, force majeure, uh, or which is sometimes known as an act of God clause. And those clauses basically say if there is um, an event that is beyond anyone's control, um, uh, a hurricane, a fire, uh, riots, civil unrest, labor disputes, um, and some of those include quarantines and pandemics and those types of things. If there's a, uh, an event that's outside of everyone's control, a uh, force majeure's clause, what that will do in a lot of cases, will it will um, uh, it, it will excuse performance of a contract element. So basically, um, you've when you book a hotel room, you're uh, essentially entering into a contract with that hotel, saying you're going to give me a night at that hotel, and I'm going to pay you 150 bucks or 200 bucks or whatever it is. Um, that's the the contract. If there's a force majeure clause in there, um, if you can't uh, if if the hotel burns down and there's no room for you, or a pandemic closes the hotel, um, a force majeure clause says that um, the performance is excused. What it doesn't necessarily say is that payment is excused. And you should be really, really careful about force majeure clauses that say uh, that the supplier um, can have their obligations extinguished by a force majeure clause because it, it's impossible for them to perform their obligations, but that doesn't excuse your obligation to pay. And there are some force majeure clauses that are written that way. And so um, if the resort is closed, I think you've got a strong argument that, you know, the deal isn't really a deal because they aren't providing you the room, they're not able to provide you the room. But be very, very careful that there's not a force majeure clause in there that obligates you to make the payment, even though they are not able to, because of a, an act of God, quote unquote, um, that they're not able to, to fulfill their obligations. It's horrible, it's horrible and it's one-sided, um, but those, those clauses exist. And, uh, and fortunately, I think most suppliers, even those suppliers that might have those um, clauses are being pretty generous about canceling. I know I've got some non-refundable hotel reservations and the hotels are being pretty good about um, giving future credits if they postpone their dates, um, which maybe they're not obligated to do, um, but it's, a, it's, it's difficult. You know, one other thing too is, uh, you know, people are, should think about, you know, are you liable for a supplier problem? That's another question that, that I've been getting from, from a lot of, of clients. Um, the, the good news is that if a supplier um, has a problem, 
um, you know, your clients are out there uh, and, um, and, and you've got a terms and conditions document that clarifies what your role is, that you're not the provider of the travel services, you are just the, the booking agent. Um, if, you, if, if that is all clear, then, um, then you shouldn't have any liability if a supplier screws up and, uh, and, and messes something up. Um, th there are a couple things that I would just say to be careful of. Um, if you are handling your client's funds, um, most of us in the industry, and I know most host agencies have a pretty strong um, requirement that travel agents and travel advisors uh, that the money shouldn't flow through your account. You should, you, you should only be using the client's payment information to make the payment directly with the supplier. Um, if, you, if the money is flowing through you in some way, shape, or form, that could potentially open up some liability for you um, because uh, the client is thinking, I'm not paying Globus or Intrepid or G Adventures or Princess Cruise Lines. Um, they think that they're paying you and then that money's going into your bank account, and then you are in turn paying the supplier, um, that, that makes you responsible. That essentially turns you into like a tour operator. And, uh, and in those cases, it could be very, very difficult for you to wriggle out from under uh, some liability if the supplier screws something up and creates liability. So, um, so you should be insulated for suppliers' defaults or, or problems if you're only uh, the agent, but if, uh, if the money's flowing through your account, that creates some problems. And I would also say be careful with groups. Those of you who um, escort your groups and, um, and build those groups, um, the, the way you structure your groups, if, especially if you're escorting them, uh, it, it can sometimes be unclear to your clients whether you're organizing the tour. I mean, we understand how the industry works. Um, but if you are principally, um, you know, you're the, the figurehead, you're the person that they're looking to, uh, and especially, and then if that money is, is going through your account rather than being paid directly to the supplier, um, that could put you in a position where you're taking on liability that you really shouldn't, shouldn't be, be taking on. Um, so, so those are, those are basically, you know, the, the big things. There's also insurance that we could talk about. Um, I'll just touch on that briefly because I've just seen a lot about this. I know that a lot of people are really frustrated with some of the big insurance providers because they're not providing coverage for, um, for COVID-19 uh, related cancellations. Uh, and you know, certainly at this point, uh, COVID-19 is a known event. So a lot of insurance policies or uh, insurance providers are not, not covering that. I think that, um, that 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 should not be a reason to stop um, selling insurance to your clients, or at least to stop stop quoting. Don't stop quoting insurance to your uh, to your clients, um, because um, providing your client with an insurance quote is still um, one of the most important things that you can do to protect yourself from liability. Um, just because it doesn't cover COVID nineteen doesn't mean that it won't cover. Uh, a lot of other things, and uh, and if you're walking away from 
uh, from telling them that, that, uh, that insurance is available and recommending to them that they put insurance in place, um, you're, you're opening yourself up to a whole bunch of liability. One example that I'll have just in my, in my travel business, um, I had some clients who were traveling to Asia in early February. And of course, um, in January, we started hearing about, about COVID-19. And, uh, and at that point, it was in China. And so people traveling to Asia were concerned. Um, my clients had previously declined to put insurance in place, even though I'd given them a quote and recommended it to them. And then at the very last minute, they said, oh, you know what? Now that we've heard about this COVID-19 thing, we think we want to put insurance in place. Well, at that point, of course, it was too late for cancel for any reason protection. Um, and insurance wasn't covering in any event, they wouldn't cover um, cancellation just because you're afraid of, of getting a virus. Um, so, but they put the insurance in place anyway. And uh, then, then it turned out that they needed the insurance, not because of anything related to COVID-19, but um, they had a relative who was, you know, one of their children was hospitalized. They had to cut their trip short and fly home early. And if they hadn't had the insurance in place, uh, and if I, as the travel advisor, had not pushed them or at least gotten them to acknowledge that I was recommending travel insurance, um, that would have been legal risk for me. So um, even if it's not COVID-19, uh, th there, there are all sorts of things where you don't want your client coming back to you saying, but you didn't tell me that I could put insurance in place and that would have covered me because my baggage was lost, or I missed a connection, or um, any of the other things. It doesn't have to be COVID-19, but the, the takeaway is don't let your frustration with the fact that COVID-19 is not covered get in the way of doing the right thing in terms of recommending insurance protection to your clients for all those other things that it would cover. So, so that's, that's basically my, my highlights of the, the key takeaways of uh, of legal stuff related to COVID-19. I just feel like it's really, um, uh, I think it's really important to, um, re to go back to the thing that it's a high risk industry um, and you're operating a small business in a high risk um, environment. And so do what you can do to, to protect yourself so that, um, so that you're, you're safe and protected uh, during this difficult time. And I see there's another question about touching on travel protection versus travel insurance. I think um, one, so here's, a, here's another um, thing that I do in my travel business that I think is really important. Um, I, um, through my host agency, my host agency has a preferred insurance provider, Travel Guard, which is one of the big ones. Maybe yours, maybe your host agency has uh, Travel Insured or Allianz or Generali or one other, some other uh, insurance provider. Um, I always quote um, the policy that my clients select most often, which is the, the gold slash preferred slash, I don't know what they're calling it. They, they've changed the names recently, but, but it's, the, um, it's like the second, the second highest, which I, I, I personally think it's the sweet spot between value of coverage and, and price. So you're not paying a, a huge amount for it and it's got pretty good coverage for medical evacuation, all that stuff. Um, so I quote that, um, I don't quote cancel for any reason because I feel like it's really ex expensive 
Um, until recently, it wasn't available in New York State, where many of my clients are. But uh, but I, I quote that travel insurance policy, and then I say to my client, when I send it to them, I always include this phrase, which I think is really important. This is the insurance that, I, that my clients most frequently select. There are other options available, and if you'd like me to pull a quote for a different level of coverage or a different type of coverage, give me a call and we'll discuss it and I'll get you another quote for something else. And that way, if you didn't, if you didn't offer them cancel for any reason, for example, um, they can't come back to you and say, well, you never told me there were other options. You didn't tell me that I could have put cancel for any reason in, in place, and that would have protected me if I wanted to cancel because of COVID-19. So um, that's really, that I think is really important because you're letting them know that you're giving them your professional recommendation of what you think a good policy is, but in terms of other options, there are other options out there, and those options might, in some cases, be better for them. And uh, and you're you're making a recommendation doesn't mean there aren't other things that are out there. And, and you can also you know put them in touch with the insurers. I know that that um, Travel Guard and Allianz and all of those insurers are more than happy to have a conversation directly with your client. And sometimes you can be on the phone with them when that happens. So you can pick up the phone. And the whole times are ridiculous these days, but you know, you stay on hold and then your client can join, you can patch your client in once you get somebody on the phone so that they can answer the detailed questions about coverage. That'll protect you as well. And you know, the other reason not to walk away from, from travel insurance versus trip protection. I mean, trip protection, I think, is, you know, it's super easy. You just check a box when you're when you're booking with FunJet or or whichever supplier you're booking with. Um, super easy. But the commissions are so good on on actual travel insurance policies, and what they cover is is so much more than just cancellation protection. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it's a good idea to let your clients know that what you're recommending to them is not just about canceling their trip; it's also about making sure that if they need a helicopter to get them the heck out of wherever they are, so that they can get really good medical attention rather than um, you know, whatever um, shoddy clinic happens to be in the remote place where they are. Um, misconnections, baggage, uh, lost personal effects. Um, you know, if you've got a client who, who has their, uh, their smartphone stolen and the insurance policy will cover the replacement of a, you know, a $900 phone, that insurance policy is going to be absolutely worth it because the cost of replacing that phone is going to be much more expensive than the the couple hundred bucks that they spent on, uh, on, on a comprehensive travel insurance plan. So, well, uh, you have gone above and beyond. today. So I appreciate you. Oh, Lynn, thanks so much. You know, and again, just want to go back to saying, like, I know, uh, I, I know this is a really, really tough time to be a travel agent or a travel advisor. We are all struggling, but, uh, nothing lasts forever. Uh, even though the good stuff that we want to last forever. Um, so this, this too shall pass. We're going to be on the other side of this eventually. Do what you need to do to stay safe and stay, stay protected. And thanks for the opportunity to, to have a conversation with you all because um, I, I really think that, that um, travel advisors and travel agents are the backbone of, of this industry. I mean, we, we are the personal connection uh, that you, know, you can book online, but the internet's not going to return your phone call at three in the morning. 
when you're when you're in a jam, and a travel advisor will. So um, we the industry needs us, and so um, s stick with it and 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 stay tight and and let's all support each other. Thank you for joining the Travel Agent Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Visit the travelagentpodcast.com for more information about today's episode and other travel agent resources. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for new episodes. Until next time, continue to build a travel business you love.